0: Hi everyone, this is Aaron Cohen, and I'm currently working on Season 4, which is going to be our biggest production to date, with many of the voices you know from previous seasons, and a few new ones. Coming up in June, I'll host a sneak peek listening session for our Patreon subscribers, where I'll talk about the new season and play one of the new episodes. If you'd like to join me for this Season 4 sneak peek, support us on Patreon, and you'll get an invite. There's a Patreon link in the show notes for this episode and on our website. I hope to see you there. Season 2 of Embrace Everything, The World of Gustav Mahler was made possible by a generous grant from the Kaplan Foundation. You can find a complete list of pieces and performers featured in this episode on our website, theworldofgustavmahler.org. Having explored the drama of the Second Symphony's opening movement and the more musically flexible second movement, we now turn to the third movement, which is based on a song Mahler wrote. We'll spend the first half of this episode discussing the song and its meaning, and then we'll dive into the actual third movement. I'm Aaron Cohen. I hope you enjoy it. Water has long been a mythic symbol. It's essential to life on earth. In this big discussion Mahler is having about the meaning of life and the meaning of death, one is tempted to think about the grand ocean of life. And there have been some wonderful portrayals of water in music. Richard Wagner used the orchestra to portray the Rhine River in the first opera of his Ring Cycle, the Gold. Another composer who vividly portrayed water in music is Richard Strauss, In his Alpine Symphony, he musically depicted a hike up a mountain, including a waterfall along the way. And no one portrayed the sounds of giant waves cresting and crashing better than Debussy in his dialogue between wind and waves from his symphonic sketches for orchestra called La Mer. a different approach. He gives us a glimpse of life below the water. For the third movement of his second symphony, Mahler had an unusual tale in mind, featuring St. Anthony of Padua. The movement is based on a song Mahler composed in 1893. He got the satiric song lyrics from a German folk poem. Here are the lyrics, in translation, on top of music from the third movement. They are playful, yet pointed, poking fun at pious beings, who go to church, yet ignore the preaching they hear. At sermon time, Anthony finds the church empty.
1: He goes to the rivers and preaches to the fish. They flap with their tails. They gleam in the sunshine. They gleam. The carp with roe have all congregated, their jaws gaping, intent on listening. Never did a sermon so please the fish. Sharp-snouted pike, that fence continually swam up in a hurry to hear the holy man. Even those odd creatures that continually fast, I mean the codfish, appear for the sermon. Never did a sermon so please the codfish. Good eels and sturgeons that people of quality relish, even they condescend to attend the sermon. Crayfish, too, and turtles, usually slow boats, climb hurriedly from the depths to hear this voice. Never did a sermon so please the crayfish. Fish big and fish small, of quality and common, they raise their heads like rational creatures. At God's command, they listen to the sermon. The sermon finished, each one turns away. The pike remain thieves, the eels great lovers. The sermon was pleasing, they all stay the same. The crabs go backwards, the codfish stay fat, the carp gorge a lot, the sermon's forgotten. The sermon was pleasing,
0: they all stay the same. For a deeper dive into these lyrics, Here's music professor Marilyn McCoy of Columbia University.
2: Okay, you know, who are you know, all of these people, um, or, you know, fish, shall we say, uh, who are imperfect in pretty much every way, who are greedy and fat and sleep around with other fish? Uh, you know, these are, are, are critters that can be improved, but nothing sinks in and they just stay the same.
0: An allegorical tale portraying a discussion about religion where the message is ignored.
2: But I think what, what fascinated Mahler was just the picture of all these, these different critters hastening to listen to this thing.
0: I swear, while I
1: was composing, I really kept imagining that I saw them sticking their stiff, immovable necks out from the water and gazing up at St. Anthony with their stupid faces. I had to laugh out loud. But Mahler does acknowledge the larger message of the text. They like the sermon, but remain unchanged. Not one of them is one iota the wiser for it even though the saint has performed for them. But only a few people will understand my satire on humankind.
0: Within our group of fish, we have all different kinds of fish. Big and little. Noble
2: and common. A humorous text, but also a mirror of society. They're sophisticated comic texts. Not anybody is going to stroll up and pick this particular poem to set to music. In the summer of 1893... Mahler
0: composed a song from this text, the song that would form the basis of the third movement of his second symphony. <laughs> The text comes from a collection of folk songs called Deskanaben Wunderhorn, which translates as the boy's magic horn. There are no musical notes in the collection, only the lyrics, which were compiled by Clemens Brentano and Achim von Arnhem and published in three volumes between 1805 and 1808. Joanna Neely, a professor of German at Oxford University, tells us more.
3: What the collection claims to do is bring us old German songs, specifically folk songs, although many of the songs are actually based on written literary sources.
0: This particular tale of St. Anthony and the Fish comes from a 17th century novel called Judas the Arch Scoundrel. Brentano and Arnhem collected this, and hundreds of other texts, edited and stylized all of them creating quite a singular collection.
3: I would tend to think of it as the poetry or song equivalent of what the Grimm brothers did with fairy tales.
0: Mahler loved this collection. Of all the songs he wrote, half took lyrics from the Boys' Magic Horn collection there's an incredible variety of subject matter.
3: You have religious songs, you have love songs, you have drinking songs, you have farming songs about bringing in the harvest, you have songs that are meant to be sung at the top of a mountain, you have legends being told.
0: A kaleidoscopic collection that embraces everything.
3: And there's just a kind of constant variety there. And yet, overall, they're presented as this, this voice of the people. Well, the people are all different, and yet they're coming together as well in a, in a sort of common song form, even if those songs are different.
0: You've likely heard some of the songs that were rewritten for this collection. William Tell, Tannhuser, The Pied Piper, and of course, St. Anthony of Padua's Sermon to the Fish. In this tale that Mahler chose, it seems neither the preacher nor his congregation have learned anything.
3: My feeling when I listen to Mahler's setting of the song is that the jokes on the preacher or the jokes on the person who keeps searching for higher meaning only to find that things carry on as normal, so it's maybe quite cynical. But I think the original version taken from the 17th century German novel is definitely much more of a Christian morality tale exhorting us all to do better. So it depends how you read it. <laughs>
0: In the poem, the fish are undoubtedly the stars of the piece. But St. Anthony of Padua, the preacher in the story, was a real person.
2: Marilyn McCoy. Mahler really knew his saints. He really did. And so when the Wunderhorn songs talk about saints... He knew what they were talking about.
0: St. Anthony lived from 1195 to 1231. He was originally from Lisbon, but ended up in Padua. A Catholic priest and Franciscan friar immediately celebrated after his death. The Renaissance composer Guillaume de Dufay wrote a mass for St. Anthony. St. Anthony started out as an Augustinian friar.
2: Augustinian friars are known for uh, being scholarly and giving great sermons, but then he was very much attracted to the kind of uh, remoteness of the Franciscan order, of, you know, kind of withdrawing from human life and, you know, thinking deep thoughts.
0: In the middle of this poem, from Deskanab Wunderhorn, which parodies hopeless humankind as a group of fish, we have a serious thinker. St. Anthony is the patron saint of lost things.
2: But he's also this, the saint of lost people, lost spiritual goods.
0: Siegfried Lippner, one of Mahler's closest friends, pointed out how spiritual texts deteriorate, especially when the texts are taken as historical fact instead of metaphorical teachings.
1: How does it lessen the ideas of the Sermon on the Mount if it is shown that the fourth gospel is not by John, but is a later partisan script? What are Luke, Mark, and Matthew to us? As long as a religion places value in the historical truth of its canonical scripture, it is ineffective and void.
0: Perhaps one reason St. Anthony has been remembered across many centuries is because his speeches often include allegory and symbolic explanation of scripture. Marilyn McCoy.
2: That's what we have happening in this song, big time, but not <laughs> in a scriptural sense.
0: I asked composer and conductor Matto Coin about how a composer works with a text.
4: I like to think of it as the, the firewood and the fire. You know, the, the text is the, the firewood and the music kind of sets it aflame.
0: Mahler agreed. You can express
1: so much more in the music than the words directly say. The text is actually a mere indication of the deeper significance to be extracted from it of hidden treasure
4: within. I think it's music's job to transform (laughs) whatever it touches, to transform and transfigure. Uh, This can be in in the the literal sense of changing the rhythms and creating a new world, or, you know, as in Mahler, transformation can itself be be the subject.
0: The philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche pointed to folk songs as texts that are especially ripe for musical transformation and said the boy's magic horn in particular provided image sparks for the composer. Certainly a great Catholic saint preaching to an army of sea creatures is quite an image.
4: But I think he's getting at something fundamental about folk songs and and folk music that repetition is really essential. Um, It's based on verses. There's a sense of recurrence and, and cycles. I think there's something profound in that, that folk songs... Uh, are connected to the seasons, the patterns of, of things that all human beings are a part of. I think that's something that you can feel in any kind of strophic song, that is a, a song with verses, that there's something so simple but so true about the song going in circles and coming back again and again.
0: Mahler wrote the song on July eighth, eighteen 1893. The next day, he started working on the third movement of his symphony, using the same melodic material, and finished it eight days later. So the song and the third movement of the symphony were very much linked in the compositional process. How did that happen? Mahler said this. It's a strange process.
1: Without knowing at first where it's leading, you find yourself pushed further and further beyond the bounds of the original form, whose potentialities lay hidden within it like the plant within the seed.
4: Echte bleiben Diebe, die alle wie die Liebe, die Predigt hat fallen, sie bleiben wie die Hallen, die Krebs gehen zur die stoppisch bleiben dicke, die Karpen viel fressen, die Predigt vergessen, vergessen, die Predigt hat fallen, sie so bleiben wie die Halben, die Predigt hat fallen, hat fallen.
0: Let's start at the beginning of the movement. The third movement is referred to as a scherzo, because it's lighthearted, it's quite lively, and it's in a triple meter, so it sounds like a
5: dance. Here's conductor Kent Nagano. The timpani enters, in quotation marks, out of tempo and in the wrong dynamic. It's like a gunshot that comes out. And then the next statement, two bars later, of the timpani is more well-behaved. Comes closer towards the feeling of turning in a dance like rhythm.
0: And on the third attempt, the scherzo officially begins. There's no singing in this movement. Mahler created an instrumental version
2: of the song for the symphony. But there are some key differences. Marilyn McCoy. In the symphony, of course, Mahler makes the orchestra much larger. So there's much more color to deal with. He enlarges the percussion section. He puts more instruments in. And one instrument that he added very late, and a very important one, is the E-flat clarinet.
0: Distinctive sound flavor was very important to Mahler, the bohemian music of his childhood. Mahler said this. The underlying
1: national element there can be heard in its most crude and basic form in the
0: tootling of the bohemian pipers. These kinds of elements are highly characteristic of Mahler. Carter Bray, principal cello of the New York Philharmonic. He'll deploy music that sounds as if it's lifted from the nursery or from the bassist kind of
1: folkloristic sources, and he uses it for purposes of very heavy
0: irony. Conductor Kent Nagano says Mahler is using irony to get at something bigger.
5: Irony is more than simply being funny or amusing. Yes, there are amusing elements of irony but there's actually much more than that there's an exposition of a certain truth irony is a very very complex way of sharing an idea where we can laugh at ourselves there's irony on many levels here
0: the preacher who preaches in earnest but it doesn't matter the congregation that wants to improve but ignores the wisdom being imparted the composer who writes a symphony about the big ideas of life and death and in the middle of it puts a movement suggesting the audience won't understand anything being said. And through it all, the music
5: still gives us the feeling of fish. Kent Nagano. It is constantly interrupted with little twitches or spasms, the same way as when you watch a fish swimming. A fish will swim for certain moments, gliding, and suddenly can change directions with great agility.
0: As in the second movement, we have trio sections, which provide contrasting music.
2: Marilyn McCoy. That's when he kind of turns back to the program of this symphony, which is the Resurrection Symphony, because in all of the movements of the second, there are premonitions, foreshadowings of the resurrection. One big quality of those sections are interruptions that come out of nowhere. Fanfares.
0: Cellist Carter Bray. He's taking pleasure in his ability to deploy incredibly huge (laughs) symphonic forces for shock effect. Mahler toggles between a few instruments playing and the whole orchestra jumping in. Marilyn McCoy.
2: Forget transitions, man. Forget it. Sooner or later, you're going to end up in a heavenly place.
0: Natalie Bauer-Lechner, Mahler's friend and confidant.
2: Mahler said that he'd noticed something today for the first time. In the Scherzo, the most beautiful passage, the quiet theme of the middle section which forms an interlude between the surging waves of the piece,
5: occurs once and never again.
0: Such a beautiful passage. Why only once? Mahler said this. At first sight, this seems
1: an incredible waste. The pleasure of exploiting the lovely fresh motif and repeating it in a different key or variation is indeed one that one would not readily forego. But that would have gone against the essence of this passage, which, like the aloe, should blossom but once.
0: Life dances on. And we make our way back to the world of St. Anthony and the fish. McCoy.
2: You're hearing material that you've heard before, but it's been reorchestrated, shortened, condensed.
0: Mahler said the music expresses frustration with all the activities in life that seem so meaningless. When you finally wake up from this melancholy dream and again have
1: to face this confused life, then this endlessly moving, never resting, never to be understood hustle and bustle of life may seem dreadful
0: to you. Mahler offered a different image to help understand what the music was getting at. If, at a distance, you watch a dance through a window without being able to hear the
1: music, then the turning and twisting movement of the couples seems senseless, because you're not catching the rhythm that's the key to it all.
0: Marilyn McCoy.
2: Mahler plays off of the, the sort of semi-negative connotations of the song but expands them into this kind of resurrection, day of judgment territory.
0: The music will have the same character we've heard in previous
2: movements. And sometimes it's a very heavenly, exalted character. Other times it's a very threatening, day of judgment kind of character. And we get both of those in this scherzo.
5: Kent Nagano. One reaches a cataclysmic triumph where you feel that uh, something is being destroyed or pulverized that will never come back again. hero of the symphony has lost his footing
0: completely.
1: His world and life become a wild nightmare. Revulsion against all being grabs him with an iron fist, driving him to cry out in despair.
0: Marilyn McCoy.
2: It's like a giant tidal wave that kind of crashes onto everything and washes it all away. It doesn't just clear the air, it clears the universe or something.
0: The glowing light of eternity peeks through.
5: Kent Nagano. Mahler allows us then to smile again, because even in spite of this tremendous catastrophe, the fish reappear. The endless cycle of life continues.
0: After this plateau, the music has trouble restarting, and not everyone in the orchestra is on the same page. Cellist Carter Bray. It's all very folkloristic, uh, and I, I think his humor is it's a bit low. The Scherzo closes with one brief but final return to the world of St. Anthony and the Fish. Mahler was quite pleased with the movement. He said this in the summer of 1893.
1: Today, I went through the scherzo of my second symphony, which I hadn't looked at again since I wrote it, and was quite surprised by it. What a remarkable, awesomely great piece.
5: I had not thought so while composing it. Kent Nagano. There are many, many ways that we as humans deal with physical and emotional hardship, and one of them is through irony.